Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Exvangelical Podcast, where being labeled a heretic is a good thing, if it means refusing to conform to toxic, harmful expressions of faith. We address your questions about God, politics, how we got here, and how to move forward. Nothing is off limits in our conversations with scholars, spiritual seekers, and activists in our quest to uncover the heart of faith. We're your hosts, Melanie and Gary Ellen, and this is Holy Heretics. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our final episode of Season 1 here at Holy Heretics. I can't believe it's already September. Melanie and I started our podcast back in December of 2020, and here we are, 36 regular episodes and a few bonus episodes later. It's been an incredible journey. It's been a remarkable season to talk with all of the scholars and the activists and the ex-evangelicals that are in this deconstruction space. And we've learned so much over the last several months. So we just wanted to wrap up the season by reflecting on everything that has transpired in uh, our lives, in the deconstruction community, and in the conversations we've been having over the last 10 months. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of wild to think about the fact that we started out way back in December talking about the three P's, power, patriarchy, and purity, that make up what we called the unholy trinity of white evangelicalism in America, and how that kind of became a springboard into all so many of our interviews um, with people who really are changing the conversation about faith. I mean, we talked with historians and other podcasters. We talked with authors. We talked with activists. We talked with Bible scholars. And every single one of those 30 people was not only fascinating, but they all challenged me in different ways. I mean, we covered so many topics like race and masculinity and purity culture and decolonization and God's nature and loving our enemies and losing faith and feminism and Zen Christianity and the Bible and truly everything in between. And it's just kind of wild to think back on those amazing conversations. So as you think back on all that, Gary Allen, how do you think you've changed as a result of season one? Oh, man, I think I've been convicted I've been convicted of having a, an angry spirit, um, and and I think that's somewhat natural for those of us who are looking at the the faith communities and the faith expressions that we've uh, inherited or grown up in, and and so when you see the toxicity, it, there is a, an element of anger there, and yet when we talk to so many of these people who have been far more victimized by the system and by the theology, almost every one of them, if not all of them, had a spirit of gentleness and kindness and compassion. And it doesn't mean they didn't have a warrior spirit toward wanting to change and restore and revive Christianity, but they they had a, um, a soft spot that really convicted me and encouraged me to look back on the faith communities of my past, not so much with anger, but with compassion in order to maybe build that bridge. So I think that's the biggest thing that I took away was 
learning from all of the people that we interviewed that it's okay to be um, frustrated and angry about what happened, but that doesn't mean that you have a a, a mean spirit about you. Uh, well, how about how about you? That's a. I came up with that question, and now I'm like, that's a hard question. <laughs> oh. um, you know, I feel like I've changed in so many ways. Um, but maybe the biggest one is that I've realized that there's a bigger world out there than what I thought, especially when it comes to faith. Mm. There, I mean, there's just so many different facets of faith, especially the Christian faith, and so many people who are practicing and living out their faith in different ways than I would have considered before back in my evangelical days. Hmm. I would have written that off as wrong and bad and not not actually Christian. But now I've seen through talking with all these people that faith is so varied and nuanced and there's so many different ways of practicing and living out that faith. And and really that was encouraging for me because it's so easy also to feel like, well, if I've fallen away from that one way of faith that I was told is the only way of faith, then do I just dump it all together? And really, I think the answer is no, you don't have to. You can if you want to, um, but you don't have to because there's a lot of really intelligent, loving, kind people who have walked away from that and found a more transformational path and we can learn from them. So I think maybe that's the biggest thing for me. Um, but who knows, maybe in a week after I've had more time to reflect, I'll say something completely (laughs) different. Uh, so I, on a similar note, out of all the interviews, which interview do you feel like changed you the most or or impacted you the most and why? Oh man, I hate that question. It's like asking a parent, <laughs> it's like asking a parent which kid you like the most, right? Yeah. Like, well, okay, I'm not supposed to have favorites. Um you know, I, I think that a few of them come to mind, especially in relation to what you just said, that there were a few conversations that opened up normative Christianity to me, that 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 what I thought was fringe or weird in the past suddenly became more inviting and more um, interesting to me, like uh, Dr. Belden Lane's interview about going to wild places and experiencing God, not so much uh, in the church, but in, in, in nature, and how nature in the created order is is and was God's first word, um, God's primary revelation. And so giving yourself the freedom to like, you know what, I'm not going to go to quote church on Sunday morning. I'm actually going to go on a hike and I might experience God even more strongly that way. So that, that was really cool. I think that opened me up to, um, a, a freer, interpretation of what faith looks like. I think Travis um, Zinn's conversation about Zen Buddhism and meditation and Zen Christianity, that really dovetailed with Brendan Williams' conversation too about a, a more monastic, ascetic life. And so 
just the ability to see that there are so many different paths that people have taken um, in this journey that that at one point, like I said, would is would have been foreign to me, would have been a little bit scary to me. Suddenly, was far more approachable, and maybe the only other one that really stands out in terms of just like, oh, dude, um, preach was uh, Emily Joy Allison's Church mm. Two uh, podcast. I, you know, she was so eloquent and so well versed in the entire patriarchy and power and abuse. Uh, just listening to her story and how she was able to articulate a a more feminine centered understanding of faith was was really powerful uh, for me. And okay, one more um, Charlie <laughs> McCall- Charlie McCallie's posture. I mean, here's a pastor who used to be a fundamentalist Republican who's now a very progressive liberal, and yet. Um, he still had such compassion for his family and his friends who were in that camp. And yet he could clearly articulate using Christianity and his faith, the reasons why he had gone in a very liberal way. And that was encouraging to me because I think we've been given the false dichotomy of, well, if you're going to be Christian, you have to be a Republican. And then gosh, if you're going to be a Democrat, then you've just, you know, forsaken God. And and he, he just showed how foolish that was. So yeah, those are the ones that stand out to me. Um, how about you? What what are what are some of the ones that that really impacted you and changed the way you saw faith in yourself? It's funny because I'm like I I've had time to think about these questions and I'm still like <laughs> they're hard questions. But um, well, on a practical note, Sheila Gregoire's episode talking about the messages surrounding sex and marriage and gender roles um, that are given by the evangelical church that I was um, more than inundated with and uh, indoctrinated with. I I mean, I went to the Focus on the Family Leadership Institute, so that's saying something right there. And the way she was able to say, like, no, these are not okay, even though people are putting the name of God behind them, was really freeing for me because even though like intellectually I've thought about some of that stuff and said like, oh, that's junk. I don't want to have anything to do with that. There was a lot that I hadn't gotten to yet and she brought it out and it was like, oh, that is that is really deep within my psyche and it's harming me and it's harming my relationships and I'm not okay with that anymore. So like on a super practical level, I think her episode was really helpful for me. But um, the one that spoke to my heart and my soul that I, I mean, even I still like I was crying during it. And then afterwards, when I re-listened to it, I was crying again was the one where we interviewed Flamey Grant and Ben Grace from Heathen Podcast. Mm, That was amazing. It was was just so beautiful to hear their stories of, of moving out of fundamentalism and finding their identities and like really living out of those identities, embracing who they really are. I don't even know still if I know what that would feel like because there's so so much 
shoulding going on in my head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, you shouldn't do this. You should do that. You shouldn't be this. You should be that. And it just shows just how deeply some of those messages were embedded in my brain that mm. even though, again, intellectually, I assent to a lot of what they said and or assent to saying no to a lot of it on the day to day practical level, it's so hard to truly figure out who you are without all those messages from other people telling you who you should or should not be. But then also like living into that and embracing it and just experiencing that freedom. I, I want to get there, but I'm, I don't think I am. So those two really just spoke to me hugely. And also mm. then for just for, well, I was going to say that, um, I, I really loved the one with DTR, Christina Hartunian, but she, oh, man, she doesn't, she's awesome. She doesn't go by DTR anymore, which, you know, great for her, more power to her. I'm so excited for where she's going with her platform. Um, but I just, I loved her as a human being and I feel like we connected and I made a friend just from being like, hey, can we interview you? Uh, right. and, and same goes for a lot of the people who uh, we did bonus episodes with. Um, I've, it's, I, all those episodes I loved because it was such interesting conversation and it was with people who you can tell just they're such loving caring people and and they're not coming from that perspective of like if you mess up I disown you kind of thing like I think that's a huge part of what I learned is this evangelical community wherever anyone falls in the spectrum of deconstructing so many of us are just like you do you, you go on your journey and I'm here mm -hmm. for you and I'm not going to judge you for where you are. And I'm not going to tell you you're wrong or you're right. I'm just going to yeah. let you go on your journey. And that to me was so impactful. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, I have another question that I've been curious to hear your answer to. I want to know what questions you, or what topics you're hoping to talk about more in the future based on everything you just said about what you feel like you learned and how you changed. Yeah. You know, I think that I want to move toward uh, and discuss uh, rebuilding and reconstructing and not necessarily like rebuilding and reconstructing mainline Christianity, but, but really looking at spiritual formation and this whole notion of honestly trying to answer the question, what is spirituality or Christianity even for in the first place? Um, why are we spiritual human beings? And what does that look like to to pursue that and to potentially pursue it outside of maybe what a lot of us are used to? Um, just the other day in my day job, um, I was getting in the elevator at the university I work f uh, with and for, and the president of the university came in, and he's Hindu. And he noticed my uh, Buddhist tattoo on my arm that says Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, the three jewels of Buddhism. And he obviously, with a Hindu uh, background, he could read Sanskrit. And he, so, so he said, are you Buddhist? And I said, no, I'm Christian. And he goes, well, what's with the Buddhist tattoo? And I said, well, I, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate um, Buddhist practices with my Christianity. And he kind of looked at me and goes, how do you do that? And I said, well, 
I don't know yet. Um, and so it was kind of fun because we ended that he got off the elevator. He's like, well, when you figure it out, let me know. Cause I'd be interested in that. And so I think that's what I'm looking forward to is potentially seeing how other faith expressions and other faith practices could, um, engage with and embed themselves with my Christian faith and how that might make my faith uh, bigger and wider and broader and less exceptional. So yeah, rebuilding faith, but maybe doing it in a, in a weird way. Um, (laughs) What about you? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot I want to learn about the mystic tradition, um, the experiential faith, the the faith that isn't based so much in intellectual assent and truth as like the ultimate virtue and um, certainty, but more about what it means to really experience God. I think there's so many people in Christianity, especially in America, who haven't really ever experienced God. I think we think we have because we, you know, have these like kind of manufactured worship experiences where we're like, I just really felt God moving, you know, because we're crying and we're raising our hands and (laughs) whatever. Um, I just... I don't want to downplay that, but I don't know if that is really experiencing God or, or maybe that's just barely, barely the tip. And so I want to learn more about the mystics, but then also the mystic faith. Um, and then I also really want to look into more of the history of Christianity. Cause I think there's just so much to uncover there. Like, like, I mean, there's obvious things like how it morphed from when Jesus died to the year 2021, there's, you know, big shifts and things that people are talking about. But I also want to talk about, like, how did the sermon come to be? Was it always part of Christian practice? And why do we think, like, how does that play into now why people think if they can't go to a church building on Sunday, that they are, you know, not part of the body of Christ. Like Hmm. how did we, how did things shift? And like, how did we get to where the pastor even is a thing, you know, because in the early church, a paid position, right. Too Right. Like in the early church, there was no one leader who was just like, quote unquote, shepherding everyone. How did we get to where there's just one single pastor and that pastor now, well, even how did the pastorship shift? Because you, with mega churches, especially we've got, you know, like where you just have the teaching pastor and you might go to that church, but you go to a campus of that church and you've literally never met who's the person who's supposedly your head pastor, right. you know, like how did, how have things shifted over time and how has that changed how we understand God, how we experience God, how we experience being part of the body of Christ. Like, I just think there's so much to uncover there. Um, not, not necessarily in a, like, let's tear it all down, but just to understand because, well, this kind of 
goes into my next question, like, what are, what are you most thankful for from season one? But I guess I'll just answer it first. Um, like I think one thing that I'm super thankful for is I feel like my eyes were opened. I think they were already being opened, but they were even more so open to there is so much about this faith tradition that I knew nothing about. Like I, and I never even thought to question it, like to question, um, something like a sermon. It's just like, that is church. That is faith. That is how you learn about God. Why? Or like, like how, uh, the moral majority came to be or the religious right or purity culture. Like what I've learned is there's so much history that has been hidden. I don't, I don't think it was, well, it may have been actively hidden, but it also may have just been, uh, ignored rather than like concealed on purpose, but just kind of like, well, let's just minimize that. So people don't know about it and then we'll go away. And, and I think those things matter. Like the fact that purity culture is tied to national security is kind of a big deal. And yet my teenage self, all I'm thinking is like, I'm grieving God because I have sexual thoughts, you know, like that history, I think matters. And so I, I am looking forward to learning more of that, but then also I'm thankful for all the people who came on here and talked about those kinds of things because I think they need like history needs to be told as it is mm-hmm. and not forgotten. So what are what are you most thankful for, Gary Allen? I'm most thankful that we actually got anyone to be a <laughs> guest in the first place. I mean, <laughs> so honestly, true. we are we're nobody. Uh nobody knows us. We don't have a platform. We don't have a uh, a huge ministry, and we just started reaching out to people, and I was so amazed by the kindness and like, well, sure, I'll be on your podcast. I mean, you think about it. Um, Pete Inns, Kristen Dumay, Sheila Gregoire, Chad Myers, Joshua Harris, Kelly Lamb, uh, uh, all of these people are further along the journey than we are, and they're ability to be uh, humble enough to come onto our show was was really transformative for me. So mm. I think that's one of the, the biggest things I'm thankful for is just the willingness for these experts to join us and have a conversation. And as you said, like to become friends with so many of these people now, um, you see them on social media, you know, when they come into town, maybe to give a lecture, you can pop in and I mean, wow, that that's really that's just been amazing to me is is to feel like you're a part of a community and that there are others further along the journey that recognize that we're just starting out and they wanted to help. And that that's beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing I'm I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for. Well, was there anything that surprised you during the whole I guess, 10 months. Oh, gosh. I mean, besides my horrific ability to navigate technology, which is not a surprise <laughs> to you or to me. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Biggest thing that surprised me. Um, and I was thinking about this earlier, and I think the big thing that that maybe is a concern more than it is a surprise is that so many of us don't know where we're going. We know what we left behind and we know that it's awful, but we are a little bit 
stranded in terms of what's next and how to rebuild and how to reconstruct. And so that's both concerning and encouraging because there's not a set way, as you said earlier. So I think just the the surprising aspect of sitting in this tension between really wanting to continue to deconstruct while also recognizing at some point you have to move forward. You you can no longer throw stones at the house anymore. Um, that may have that may have felt really good, and it does feel good to look back and go, "This needs to get burned down." But what but what is next? Um, and maybe one other thing too that that I think now that I'm <laughs> I'm processing this is. I'm really surprised by, and I could be wrong, but I think evangelicalism is a dead man walking. I think it's Mm. over. I think it's already died and we're just kicking a dead dog. Um, Hmm. It's, I think it's over. I I really do. And so maybe the, the aha moment is, you know what? That stuff is dead. Let's move on. Let's go. Let's go create something. Or, as Chet Myers said, let's go join this ancient movement and tradition that's been here all along. It's just been on the margins of faith, mm-hmm. and we've been at the center, and we've missed the fact that underserved people, ethnic minorities, the global South, are participating in a church and a Christianity that is radically different than mainline white evangelicalism. So it's not so much that we need to go create something maybe new. It We might need to, to find our place behind these other individuals who for hundreds of years have been walking the marginalized way of Jesus. So mm. yeah, that, that surprised me. Hmm. I, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know if I think it's dead yet. I think oh, it's I hope it's, not, it's dead. It's dead. Come on, it's, it's not dead. going down without a fight. It's trust <laughs> me. Uh, but but I agree. I think we should we should just join the movements that are moving toward justice and kindness and love and compassion, and not worry about what's happening elsewhere. Because well, I mean, yes, we should worry about it in terms of like never stop fighting for goodness and love and beauty and truth. But I think we also shouldn't be concerned. Like the people who want to come along will, and the people who don't yep. won't, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess maybe for me, the biggest thing that surprised me was the people. I mean, I, I'm surprised at the fact that we even have a single Patreon supporter. I mean, we worked we worked really hard to create interesting, good episodes and content on social media and articles and blogs and all that. But it's still surprising just it's because, you know, like you said, Gary Allen, we're nobodies. We are just two people who said enough's enough and we want to help other people who feel similarly to us. And if we get you know, one person to join us and we help them, then great, you know, and the fact that we have so many people who listen and who continue to engage with us on social media and then 
our to our wonderful Patreon patrons, like I'm blown away by you guys and I'm so thankful and your support is truly it's I can't say how it's everything. Yeah, I, I cannot say how much it means to us. It really means a lot and it encourages us to keep going. Um it encourages us that like the work we're doing is making a difference. And it's not really that we are making a difference so much as just we're creating a place for these conversations to happen so that these people who have great ideas and who are doing the work can tell you guys about them and that that platform matters to you. So thank you guys so much. And then, I mean, just the community in general, it's, it's really been a pleasant surprise to know that so many people that we've never met in person, some people's faces we've seen, some people's faces we haven't seen. There's so many of you who care in ways that I didn't even know were possible. It's, it's, it's truly love that is not conditional. You're not telling me how to be. And that, that is surprising because I hadn't experienced that kind of community before. And it really, it really sets me free in ways I can't explain. So thank you for being that community for me, because as everyone who's listening knows, it can feel so lonely to call yourself an ex-evangelical, to say you're deconstructing or you're not sure about X, Y, or Z about the Christian faith. It can feel so lonely and scary. Mm. And you guys have made it less lonely and less scary. And you've encouraged me and you have shown me love in ways that I didn't know I needed. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, we could go on, I'm sure, and talk about other things that we've learned. But um, we just wanted to, to, again, say thank you to our listeners. And, and really a huge thanks, as Mel said, to our Patreon patrons. Um, we're amazed and surprised that you would stand with us in this gap to provide the funds to allow us to do what we do. And if you aren't a Patreon member yet, what's well, a great time to join? Um, if you do uh, sign up to be a monthly Patreon member, you can help us craft season two. Um, we're creating all kinds of new opportunities to engage with you, to support you and provide resources. And we would love for you to join us, um, in this movement. So you can become a, a patron by going to patreon.com slash holy heretics and signing up there, or you can buy us a cup of coffee, but we would just love to uh, say thank you to you, uh, for all of you who have already been a part of that, as well as to thank you in advance, uh, for becoming one. So. Again, very humbling that you would join us in that way. Yes. And and if you do just want to buy us a cup of coffee, that you can do that at buymeacoffee.com slash holy heretics. Um what about tea? Can we do tea? Yeah, they they can decide what they're giving us. So if okay. it's pizza right. or tea or beer or for you, Gary Allen, whiskey or yeah, okay. uh what other beverages are there? Ooh. Um, a Milk? few sparkling waters. I like oh, those. I love sparkling water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LaCroix. 12-pack yeah. LaCroix. I have one on my desk right now. Um, yeah. So we, 
anything helps really. It, it really does because we're both doing this while also still trying to pay the bills in uh, with other jobs. So, um, and we will be back in a couple months and or somewhere in there. We're not 100% sure yet, but we're working on all those details and we'll have new interviews. We'll have new episode styles. We'll have who knows what all. We're hoping that we can create some merch. We've got lots of ideas. So we can't wait for all that and we will miss you. In the meantime, we'll still be active on social media. So you can follow us there to stay in touch in between. We read every direct message and we try to respond to every single one. So Instagram is at Holy Heretics Podcast. Twitter and Facebook are both at Holy Heretics. And since if you're listening this far, please, if you haven't yet, just take two minutes to leave us a rating and a review on I, on Apple Podcasts because it really does help us to uh, work with the algorithm on Apple Podcasts to get in front of more people. So we would very much appreciate that. Hey, can I can I say one more thing before we go? Uh, I just want to say you thank had you. to do it, Gary Allen. I know. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, go for uh, it. I, I just want to say thank you to you, Mel, um, for all the work that you put in on on the back end that no one sees um, and all the hours of, of editing and splicing and connecting and sharing. Um, you know, putting on a podcast <laughs> isn't just turning on the mic and hitting record and an hour later you have a you have a show. It's incredible uh, the amount of work and detail and attention needed. So kudos to you for, I think, making our podcast um, best in class in terms of production. And I know you don't get uh, the kudos for that very often because oftentimes you don't see that. So thank you for making this um, just a great show and making Mm -hmm. it so easy and accessible for all of us. So bravo to you. Well, thanks, Gary Allen. I really appreciate that. And and also, I should say, big thanks to my husband, Josh, because yes. he helped so much with the editing and literally has been paid nothing. <laughs> so right. thank right. you, Josh, for all your hard work and your sacrifice to help me. I appreciate it more than you know. Well, we'll see you guys soon. All right. See you next time. episode was produced by the Sophia Society. Music is by Faith and Foxholes and sound engineering is by Joshua Mudge. 